Welcome to Mrs. Flick's Picks, where busy moms can find the best books for their kids. Join me in my mission to cultivate children's moral imagination through good stories, beautifully written. Hello, and welcome back to Mrs. Flick's Picks. I'm Carrie Flick, and I am thrilled to be back here with you today. I'm sure you've noticed that by now, many of the books I recommend are sibling stories. Five Children and It, Chronicles of Narnia, Swallows and Amazons. All of these feature families who experience the novel's adventures together. And while there is some bickering and sibling rivalry between them, for the most part, the brothers and sisters get along pretty well, even with substantial age differences between them. These stories are communal stories. The adventure and the subsequent transformation does not belong exclusively to one particular character. Lucy goes through the wardrobe first, but she begs her siblings to join her and rejoices when she finds that Edmund finally does. In Swallows and Amazons, Titty is eager to bring her little brother along to search for treasure on a secret island. And in Edith Nesbitt's story, the siblings all go together to the Sand Fairy and try, for the most part, to make collective wishes, consulting each other as to the wisest course of action. Nobody hoards the treasure for themselves, so to speak. It seems to me that this sort of story has fallen significantly out of popularity. The modern juvenile fiction novel is usually first-person narrative and written in a very personal, almost diary-like form. Whatever emotional journey the protagonist travels is for them alone. No one else understands them. Their problems are entirely unique to themselves. It's totally egocentric. Siblings appear only as foils and frustrations, not kindred spirits or co-conspirators. This trend in literature and in movies and TV shows has progressed right in step with a marked rise in teen depression and anxiety. Our kids are feeling anxious and alone more and more, and the modern stories they're consuming don't seem to be helping much. God designed the Christian life to be lived in community. If we take the Great Commission seriously, the result will be an ever-growing body of brothers and sisters in Christ. The wedding feast that Jesus has promised us is not going to be some romantic candlelight dinner for two. It's going to be the party of the century. Whatever gospel transformation God is working in our kids should inspire them to invite others alongside them to partake in it. I'm not saying there isn't a place for interpersonal stories. In all the books that I cited, each character experiences the adventure as an individual first. And they're all experienced in a unique way to that individual, whether it's an island or a treasure or a wardrobe. But when each of these characters become so self-focused, when they forget about the treasure, the experience, the wardrobe, and start focusing on themselves, they each go wrong. The teen years are hard, and the right books can be a huge help and comfort. But 
Too much navel-gazing is just not healthy for anyone. Let's try and encourage our children to find the freedom in forgetting themselves and reveling in the joy of the treasure meant for everyone to share. These fantastic sibling stories should help give them some inspiration towards that end. Well, my first pick for you today is a very charming children's book called Flora's Very Windy Day, written by Jean Birdsall and illustrated by Matt Phelan. The book opens into a completely typical day in the home of two young children, Flora and her little brother Crispin. Flora is a typical young girl who is busy creating pretty crafts, and Crispin is a typical little brother who is busy pestering Flora and wreaking havoc on her pretty crafts. Their mom responds to the situation in typical fashion, namely by banishing them to the backyard because of their bickering. And that is where all the typical stuff ends. The two siblings are carried away by a mischievous wind, and Flora is tempted by a series of characters, an eagle, a rainbow, and the moon, to give up Crispin to them. Flora must either act out of her own selfish inclinations, or what will make Crispin the happiest, and for his own good. It's a lovely little story of a sibling dying to herself in a very small, everyday way. But you'll never be able to see sibling rivalry in a typical way again. My next pick is called The Saturdays by Elizabeth Enright, which is the first of a series. The Saturdays features a family of four siblings, two boys and two girls, who live with their widower father in New York City during World War I. On one particular boring, rainy day, they devise a plan to combine each of their individual allowances and to give the sum to one sibling. That sibling then may use the money for anything they want to do, with their father's permission, of course, on a chosen Saturday. The next Saturday, the allowance money is given to another sibling, and thus it goes until each child has experienced a Saturday outing all by themselves with a pocket full of money. Each chapter initially details the various Saturday escapades, visiting an art gallery, attending an opera, going to a beauty salon, seeing a circus. But of course, none of the outings go without unexpected surprises. And perhaps one of the greatest surprises of all is that the children come to realize that although their own private adventures were wonderful and maybe even life-changing, they still have a much better time when they all go together. What with gypsy kidnappings, house fires, lavish lighthouses, and mounted police rides, this story delivers plenty of fun and will keep readers of all ages engaged. These books are absolutely delightful. Enright writes in a very accessible, readable style and really captures the minds and imaginations of children. This book would work great as both a read-aloud and an independent read. It's suitable for ages 7 and up. Okay, lastly, I recommend Oversea Under Stone 
by Susan Cooper. This is the first in the Dark is Rising series, which is an Arthurian legend narrative that occurs in modern-day England. This time, the siblings are the Drew children, and while they are on vacation in a mysterious sea captain's age-old house, they discover a secret room and an ancient treasure map. This map, in its series of poetic clues, promises to lead them to the legendary Holy Grail. Unbeknownst to the children, there are forces for darkness at hand who are just as determined to find the grail, and they will stop at nothing to get the treasure first. But thankfully, the children are not left to fight alone. Their uncle knows much more about the grail and its wicked pursuers than the children guess, and he is uniquely equipped to help them in their quest. This book is filled with hair-raising escapes by moonlight and endless guessing games as to who all is actually fighting for possession of the grail and whether their purpose is for good or evil. I love it. You will too. And I suggest this one for kids ages 10 on up. And that wraps up this week's picks. I so loved having you here with me today. And until next time, happy reading.